Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Wichita School District at Monday night's USD 259 School Board of Education meeting presented a recommendation to close six schools, two middle schools and four elementary schools. The list includes Hadley Middle School and the Jardine STEM, uh, STEM and Career Exploratory Academy, the Clark Cleveland Traditional Magnet, and Payne and Park Elementary Schools. In discussing the move toward closing the schools late last month, Wichita Public Schools Superintendent said that challenges facing the school district include declining enrollment, increasing costs, large building maintenance needs, and the loss of one-time federal COVID relief funds. With us right now to discuss the closings are Wichita School Board members Hazel Stabler and Diane Albert. Ladies, good evening. Thank you for joining this evening. Thank you for having us. All right. So good to see you guys. And it's my understanding that y'all took special pains to get here. So we appreciate you driving all the way in. <laughs> it's great to see you. We love the work that you do. Diane, can you walk us uh, very quickly through the reasons that the school district has been forced to even make this decision? Yeah. So overall, next year's budget will be about $42 million less than this year's current budget. And so that just means that we have to make some challenging decisions. None of these are easy. And um, they all present different trade-offs. So uh, we have seen an enrollment decline. Since 2017, we've seen an 8.4% decline in our enrollment. And when your budget is tied to enrollment, your budget changes with that. Um, another reason for uh, the option of closing schools is we have a lot of staff vacancies. And so we want a certified teacher in all classrooms. And in order to get that, if we right-size the district and have less classrooms, we can fill those vacancies. And then we do have the facility challenges. So just to keep in mind, we have 94 schools within the Wichita 259 area. So our district is currently built for about 63,000 students, and our current enrollment serves about 47,000 students. So we have empty classrooms. We have space that's not being used. And... This is a, a fiscally responsible a decision, an opportunity to make sure that the students are served well and our resources are not being spread too thin. It does not make this decision easy or lighthearted. Um, it's still a difficult decision, but we are trying to be fiscally responsible to respond to the needs of students in an academic way and in a responsible manner. Amen. And I, I really appreciate what you just said there, being fiscally responsible, because I know if it was hitting my pocketbook, if I had 8% of a decline on my revenue flows, that, that would, would take a hit, right? So 8%, what is that in terms of students of headcount? So during the COVID years, we had about 26, 
hundred students that did mm-hmm. not return after the schools were forced to shut down. Um, and that was just a, right at that 2021 school year. Um, so dollar wise, I'd, I'd have to look that up again. Um, but right now we're seeing about a $20 million decrease in our budget from enrollment and then a $20 million decrease from ESSER funds. And the ESSER funds are the COVID uh, federal funds that we've received. So those, we can get into that in a little bit, but yeah, those are the federal funds. I, I definitely understand that. I remember uh, while I was on K-12 through Education Budget Committee talking about some of these very things. Ms. Hazel. The USD 259 superintendent cited four main reasons for the closure. Declining enrollment, as we discussed, was the first reason. Did he provide any explanation for the declining enrollment itself? After COVID, like Diane said, um, we did not have 2,300 students returned, and we still we're, they still haven't returned. So it's just declining, declining enrollment. And thank you for that. And I think that there were two other reasons that were, uh, that were cited uh, were the increasing cost and the large building maintenance needs. But aren't those already factored into the district's budgeting process? Didn't they see this coming? Um, We have 93 buildings, like Diane said, and we have maintenance, deferred maintenance fees of, um, I don't know, what is it? Just over a billion dollars. In deferred maintenance bills. And the average age of our buildings Mm -hmm. is 60 years old. So that's the average average age of our ninety three buildings. Wow. So there, we have a lot of expense. We have historic buildings. We have buildings over a hundred years old, and and um, so yes, that is just tremendous when you think about the impact of you know sixty year old buildings across ninety four, ninety three different buildings. Uh, just so you know, this is Pat Penn stepping in for John Whitmer here tonight on the John Whitmer Show. We're with Wichita School Board members Hazel Stabler and Diane Albert. Hey, Diane, uh, the other reason that was cited for the closure, as you discussed, was the loss of those uh, ESSER funds, the federal COVID relief funds. But those funds were one-time funds. Why didn't the school district use those one-time expenses instead of including them in their budget, which would inevitably result in that budget shortfall when those funds actually ended? Well, I believe the district did. We did spend those ESSER funds on a lot of HVAC a lot of windows. So there were one-time use funds. Okay. The district did try to be very responsible in in how to spend that money because it was every time ESSER was brought up, it was there is an end date to when this money is going to be spent. So if this is a surprise to anybody, <laughs> we can go back and watch a lot of board meetings together <laughs> to find out this was not a surprise uh, budget shortfall. So we knew this was going to happen, but we also wanted to invest heavily in our teachers and our staff, because if we have good quality teachers in our classrooms, that is going to be the greatest impact on seeing academic increases in the performance of the students. And so we've made a decision to invest heavily in our staff. And that's why we had a two-year contract with the teachers union. Mm -hmm. Because the board agreed and the administration agreed that we wanted to see the first-year teachers hit that $50,000 mark as an entry first-year teacher. Because that was important to us to invest in those staff. Mm -hmm. So part of that COVID relief money was to invest back into our staff. Um, And because of that, we, we do just see a difference in our budget between this year and next year. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I, I can definitely appreciate that. And it sounds like you're really uh, trying to take care of those that take care of you and our students in the classroom. And for that, we are very appreciative. Hazel, looking at the schools that are suggested for closure out of that uh, list, some are already implying that the suggested schools are in low-income, primarily minority communities. And I'm not sure if they're trying to imply something by that, but looking at the numbers, it looks like these schools, as you said, were old, and in some cases they were very underutilized. Can you speak to that? Yeah, well, as a whole, our district is about 80% poverty, and we have many buildings that are over 90% poverty. And actually, in our district, we have seven buildings in the entire district that are under 50% poverty. So it's important to clarify that the decision-making process um, was predominantly characterized by that the assumption that it was characterized by um, targeting um, high poverty and Mm -hmm. and low-income people is false. Um, The goal, our goal is to ensure that all students, regardless of their socioeconomic status, have access to quality education and resources that can help lift them out of poverty. So our approach isn't about singling out poverty-stricken schools or poverty children. As as I said, we have 80% poverty in the district, and the fact that these schools, some of these buildings are over 90% is not super right. surprising. It's, 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 not, it's not groundbreaking. No. You know, rocket science there. So, uh, Diane, speaking of, and thank you for that, Hazel, but Diane, speaking of socioeconomic and, and, and looking out for those in the pocketbooks, nobody wants to see the schools closed. But this isn't really the fiscally responsible option, and it's certainly a better option than firing teachers and making their pockets hurt. Is that right? Yeah, like I said, these are tough decisions. And when you have to make tough decisions, there's there's no perfect solution. They're really only trade-offs. And so we're really trying to take a holistic approach for how do we best serve the academic needs of students? How do we best serve the staff that are getting us to meet those academic needs? Mm-hmm. And how do we really have a balanced approach of that? And like I said, our district is built for about 63,000 students, mm-hmm. and we serve about 47,000. 
So we're really trying to right-size the district to serve the size of the student population that we currently have. And by doing that, we're, we're having to make some tough decisions right now. And they're not fun. We don't, we don't, nobody's looking at this and going, yeah, these are easy decisions. Mm. The staff members that are approaching this, Mm -hmm. they've started out in the classrooms. They've got their own children within the district. Mm. There's really heartfelt decisions behind making these hard choices. So they're not met easily, but we have, we have to make tough decisions and we have to figure out the best trade-offs to serve our population well. Amen. And our and our teachers, yeah. like um, you know, talking about firing teachers, we can't do that because we're already short two hundred and seventy um, teachers in we're our district. We're, teachers we're, in ha- district. we're short now, so to fire teachers would be be a disservice to our students and our staffing because then it would cause more um, responsibility to teachers. They'd be overworked. Yeah, so if you're already having these buildings that are being underutilized, you have a shortage of students, and now you're trying to do the right sizing in a responsible fashion, your only other tough options are firing teachers, which we sound like we don't want to do, and raising taxes. Let me ask you a quick question. What's the best way for folks to get in touch with you concerning this, as well as do you have any uh, public uh, hearings coming up so that uh, the parents and everybody can have their say? Yes, we have public hearings that will start next week. And... um they will be starting February 21st at 5:30, and that one will be for focus. Well, they'll focus on Hadley and Park. So, if you go to usd.org/backslash/transform24, you can see you can get the schedule on there. But it'll be it'll start February 21st and go through um, February 26th. Okay. With the public hearing being February 29th. And Will people have to register to be heard at that, or do they just show up and can grab the mic? Yes, you have to register in advance with the clerk of the board, mm-hmm. and the number for that is 316-973-4553. That's for the public hearing. But for the community listening sessions, we just want people to show up. Um, but if the best place for people to go for more information is our district website at usd259.org forward slash transform 24. We have a robust FAQ section for the frequently asked questions for people that are curious. Um, They can find out the exact um, areas of how the district made the decisions, how they came to those recommendations, what data and information they use to come up with that information, and uh, just other important dates that are coming up. Um, but they're welcome. People are re- welcome to reach out to us individually. Um, but the district website is going to be the best place to find more information about this. All right. Well, I thank you for that. Hazel, Diane, you guys have been super troopers here. Thank you so much for partnering with us and the parents. And thank you for joining us this evening. And I hope that everybody supports you. Thank, thank you. you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.